Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. Thank you so much for joining me today, because you know if it's happening in the world of Christian historical fiction, it's happening right here. Before we get to today's fabulous guest, and I can't wait to share our interview with you, I just want to remind you that you can find all the details about today's show on my website, which is liztolsma.com. There will be more about the book we're talking about, more about the author, and a link there to order the book that we're talking about as well. Also, be sure to connect with Christian Historical Fiction Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I love sharing about all the authors that we have over there, and sometimes I'll ask questions or put a poll up, so I'd love to have you over there getting to know me and getting to know more about the authors that we feature here on Christian Historical Fiction Talk. And if you are new here, I want to say a very warm welcome to you. I'm so glad that you've joined us. I hope that you stay for more great authors like the one we have today and some great topics and some talk about what's happening in the world of Christian historical fiction right now. You can do that by subscribing to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform. We are everywhere. And if you can't find us on your favorite one, let me know. I'll make sure to get on there for you. All right, that does it. And let's move on to today's author. This is an interview that I have really been looking forward to for a very long time. I have been watching this author's career grow and blossom and listening to all the high praise that's out there for her books. And she is absolutely terrific. And that's why I just absolutely had to have her on. She is a Christie Award and Carol Award winning author whose books have been found on both ECPA and CBA bestseller lists. When she is not engulfed in the happy chaos of homeschooling two teenagers, devouring books whole, or avoiding housework, she can be found digging into the rich, ancient world of the Bible to discover gems of grace that point to Jesus and weaving them into an immersive fiction experience. Although she and her husband have lived all over the country in their 20-plus years of marriage, they currently call a little town south of Dallas, Texas, their home. If you have not figured it out yet, we have biblical fiction author Connie Lynn Cosette with us today to talk about her book, Between the Wild Branches. Welcome to the show, Connie Lynn. We're so very grateful to have you with us today. Oh, I am delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is an interview that I have been looking forward to for quite some time. So I'm so eager to chat with you. But before we get talking about your new release, which is Between the Wild Branches, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am an author of biblical era fiction. I have 11 books out there now and one coming, I think, in the next month or so. And I've been writing since I, oh, let's see, it's been about 10 or 11 years, I would say. Started writing when my kids were itty bitty and took advantage of nap times and late nights and so kind of hinted myself that 
I get to do what I do and people read my books all over the world and somebody pays me to do my favorite hobby in the world. (laughs) (laughs) That is cool, isn't it? That I sometimes I pinch myself. It's like they really want to read this. They really want to pay money for this. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) It is. It sure is. Don't tell them what I probably would do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Your secret is safe with me and all our listeners. Okay, we won't say a word. <laughs> now, can you tell us a little bit about the Covenant House series and particularly about your new release, which I said is Between the Wild Branches? Oh, absolutely. I have been writing, starting with the Exodus of my first book, Count of the Stars, and I'm kind of writing along the Bible timeline, and I just wanted to find some something that's kind of fresh and different than what I had been doing. And so I started looking in the book of Samuel, because I've always loved the prophet Samuel. And I saw this really cool, very small passage about when the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant off the battlefield from the Hebrews in this devastating battle that just went awry. And, you know, it's, it's a very small passage, and I maybe heard about it in Sunday school a time or two, but I didn't really think about it. When I started to dig into the history of it and some of, like, the rabbinical literature, I found out that this event is actually almost as devastating to the Jewish people as, like, the destruction of the temple. And I got fascinated about this time period, and then I started digging into the Philistines, and I started finding out there's not a whole lot that we know for sure about them. But what was so cool is that at the same time I was researching this, a bunch of DNA evidence started coming out from some cemeteries that they found, Philistine cemeteries, that proved that the Philistines came from Crete, the island of Crete, which is exactly what the Bible had said. It calls it Capor, but they, they believe it's the same thing. And so that kind of allowed me to dig into the culture of who was on Crete at the time and before then, the Mycenaeans and the Minoans. And so I was able to kind of bring in some of that culture. And I just had so much fun. There's just not so much out there about them. And I actually had the opportunity to go to Israel in 2017. And I was touring through this area near Beth Demish. And the tour guide actually happened to say something about that this was the area where the Ark of the Covenant, when it was sent back from the Philistines after they were taken by all kinds of plagues and their cities were decimated, they sent the Ark of the Covenant on a wagon. And he said, this is probably where the wagon would have come through. And I just had this picture coming to my mind of two children following after the Ark of the Covenant on this wagon. And so I got fascinated with that. And decided that I wanted to have two Philistine children follow the ark. And they end up being taken in by a Hebrew family. So the whole series deals with adoption and the grafting in of Gentiles into the nation of Israel. And a brother and sister, the first book, To Dwell Among Cedars, is the sister's point of view. And the second book, Between the Wild Branches, the one that just came out, is the brother's point of view. And I just have laughed. That sounds really interesting. So is that where the titles came from, having trees in them somewhere as the yes. engrafting of engrafting. Gentiles? <laughs> okay. That's really neat to know. You've told us a little bit about researching these books. Can you go into a little more detail? How did you find all the information that you did 
for such rich history and the rich sensory experience that you give your readers. How do you go about getting all that information? Because like you said, it's so ancient. You know, I'm just a history nerd. (laughs) (laughs) And I love to follow rabbit trails. And I love to dig into old sources like Alfred Edersheim is one of my favorites. And I read Josephus. And I love academic. I'm always on academia.edu. Seeing whatever new papers come out of there's new information coming out all the time about the Philippines just lately. And so I just I just follow my curiosity. And there are times when I spend hours and hours reading something that will never go in one of my books. <laughs> or for like one line, you know, like informs one line of my book. I just love it so much that I just love to absorb whatever I can. And so I just follow whatever rabbit trail I whatever rabbit trail I go down. And because I have a base of knowledge already about some of these time periods, I don't have to dig in as deep as I used to, like when I first started writing, Count of the Stars. I really kind of researched for probably four to five years about ancient Israel and ancient Egypt. And so that kind of built up my knowledge. Now I just really kind of follow my curiosity scene by scene as I go. As for the, the sensory detail, I am just a really visual person, and I think I'm the kind of person my brain just kind of absorbs sensory details, and um, I'm really just able to kind of go into a scene and think about what that character is feeling or smelling or hearing, and so I think it's just kind of a natural outpouring of who I am, how my crazy brain works, I guess. (laughs) Your author brain. It's not crazy. It's just an author brain. Oh, yeah. Author brain. That's true. Yeah. What led you to pick this time in biblical history versus, say, later on in the Old Testament or even the New Testament? I think it's just my own fascination with the foundations of our faith. I started writing biblical fiction not because it was my most favorite genre or because I felt all that drawn to it, but because I was just doing study for my own understanding of who Jesus is in the Old Testament and how all the things that pointed to the New Testament and all the shadows that projected towards his coming. And so I was trying to just understand it for myself. And the story just kind of came to me. And so I just kind of followed, once again, just kind of followed my own curiosity and the things that I'm interested in learning about and digging deeper so that I can understand more the foundations of my faith and also through that, who my God is, who the God is that I serve. You've written about Exodus, as you mentioned before. You have a series about the cities of refuge, time of the judges, and even one set in the New Testament. Which is your favorite biblical time period to write? Oh, that's hard. I really enjoyed writing about the cities of refuge for a couple of reasons. One is that I think that the cities of refuge are such a gorgeous picture of Jesus and his saving grace and being our refuge to run to because we are all guilty. And just like the the manslayers that had to run to the cities of refuge to be safe from the blood avengers that legally could kill them if they were caught. 
And so I began to see just the beauty in that picture in the Old Testament. And then if a person lived in a city of refuge until the high priest dies, then they were able to go free, just like our high priest dies for us. And we are able to go free with no more condemnation. That was just fascinating and beautiful to me. And also because I followed a family through a couple of generations that the matriarch, if you would say, of the series is Mariah. And I started writing her actually in the third book in the Out From Egypt series. And she was only 13. And the end of the Cities of Refuge series, she's a great grandmother. So I really got to know that family really well and all the different generations. And so it was really kind of hard to put them in the past and say goodbye to them because I love them so much and they are absolutely real in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I always say I'm going to be really disappointed if I don't meet my characters in heaven. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love when writers do that and you do do that. You make your characters so real that you think that they are. And, And I've read contemporary books like that too. One that I can think of in particular that was set in Chicago, which is just 90 minutes from me. And so I'm thinking, wow, I could go down to Chicago and meet these. Oh, wait a minute. They're not real. (laughs) I did that when I was in Israel and I was standing on the Hotel Megiddo and I was thinking, oh, Mariah would have stood right here. And I was like, wait a minute, Mariah doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But that's a sign of great author. And you do a great job with that. You're a big reader from what I understand. What do you think fueled your love of reading? Oh, goodness. I think it was just important in my household. Uh, My grandmother was a teacher, and I very distinctly remember her teaching me how to read. And just love of literature and the word and the Bible was so important in my house. And so I was just a voracious reader from the time I was like four. And I would go to the library and, you know, come out with a stack of books up to my chin. And I always apologize to my parents for all of the late fines that we <laughs> we had to pay over the years because I just, I just loved books. I ate them like candy. I was very into historical fiction from a very young age. Yeah, I was the same way. The stack of books, we'd go once a week to the library and come out with a stack of books. I didn't incur any late fines because I managed to, well, probably skip my chores and my schoolwork more than I should have and (laughs) buried my nose in those books that I got from the library. So (laughs) I read them all. I just would forget to take them back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Check out. You check out 20 books and, you know, you forget a day or two, you're scratching books. That's true. I used to love, summer was my favorite because I could just read all summer long, completely unfettered. That's all I did during the summer. Oh, I know. If you had to tell me what is your perfect day, it would involve a porch swing, a cup of iced tea, and a really, really good book. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anywhere would be good, my good Right. <laughs> Anywhere, yes, for sure. You create such stories that keep readers turning the pages and turning the pages. I read so many reviews on Amazon that 
said I couldn't put it down. I read it in one sitting or read it in three days or something like that. Is there a secret to it? How do you do that? I think my secret is my writing partner because I work with Sammy Elgray and Cole Beef on a weekly basis. And we keep each other really accountable. We do FaceTime and we read chapters to each other. And we are all very, very honest with each other. We trust each other so much that we can be honest. And I, Tammy especially, is really great at making sure my pacing is good. And if it starts to get boring or it's a little long-winded or too much history, she's very honest with me. (laughs) And so that really helps. To, for me to kind of keep my pacing up. And now working with her, I was eager that I have her in my head now. Yeah, and it's just because it's kind of fun to keep readers on their toes and see if I can push it farther and make them stay up all night long. <laughs> for sure. In my mind, anyway, there is no greater compliment that a reader can pay me than I had to stay up till three o'clock in the morning so I could finish your book. Yep. Absolutely. That is my favorite thing to hear. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, we just love to torment you like that. (laughs) We do, we do. (laughs) Coffee's on me. (laughs) Do you mind sharing a little bit of what's going on in your personal life right now? Sure, I would be happy to. I was recently about, oh, I guess it's been almost a month ago, diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, as you can imagine, we're all kind of reeling from that new reality that we are walking through. And it certainly wasn't anything that was on my radar. And it happened to be one of those things where I just rolled over in the middle of the night and happened to put my hands on the lump and felt it. And God has just been so gracious to me. I actually have a very good friend. She's the head of surgery at the hospital near 10 minutes down the road. And she specializes in breast surgery. And so I texted her at 8.30 the next morning and was in her office by noon and pretty much knew what was going on at that point. And so I have had this wonderful care and I started chemo on Monday. And surprisingly, I'm actually two days afterwards feeling pretty good today. I thought that it would really kind of hit me hard today, which is what I've heard, you know, the second and third day after chemo pretty hard. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good and I'm feeling pretty strong for the moment. I have just a huge team of prayer warriors around me. And so I'm just so grateful for all the support and love that has just been poured out over me the last couple of weeks. So I have a long road ahead of me. I have five months of chemo and then I'll have surgery and then I will have six weeks of radiation and then reconstructive surgery after that. So probably going to be about a year-long process. There'll be some tough days for sure, but for now, I'm feeling pretty good for today, and I'm grateful for that, for sure. And we are very grateful that we were able to get this interview in with you and that you are doing so well. And listeners, I, as a breast cancer survivor myself, I would ask you to keep Connie Lynn in your prayers throughout the next year and beyond. She has a tough road ahead of her, but let's show her our love and support and lift her up before God and before the throne of God. And I would just ask you to do that for her, please. 
Thank you so much. I sure appreciate every single prayer. So I know that that diagnosis makes looking at the future a little bit hard, but what is coming up next for you? Well, I have a new series that will be coming out hopefully in the next year or so. I'm probably going to have to go a little slower than I planned on doing, but I'm very excited about it because it's actually a spinoff of the Covenant House series. I just couldn't let go of these characters (laughs) and I wanted to continue on with the next generation in in a similar way that I did with the Sinise of Refuge. So this next series goes into the, the time of King Saul and is four characters that are actually featured in a very small way in between all branches. And I'm not going to tell who it is yet. So you just have to read the book and look for four characters that are together near the end. But I'm really excited. It's going to be called the King's Men series. So I've already started working on that and I'm completely enamored with my characters. I'm excited to work on that. I also have a super secret project that I can't talk about (laughs) yet, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be able to announce that too. Sounds great. So you are going to be able to keep busy here as long as you can and as much as you can. Absolutely. And I, I would ask for prayers for clear mindedness. I've been hearing things about emo brain and brain fog during time. So I really, that's one of my biggest prayers is that I would just be able to continue to create as much as possible. For sure. If readers would like to connect with you, how can they go about getting in touch with you? Probably the best way is my website, which is ConnieLynnCookset.com. And you can send me a message there. You can sign up for my newsletter, which is periodic. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. Not so much on Twitter, but I know once in a while. It's not my favorite platform. <laughs> but yeah, I'm around. Yes. I have to keep in touch with you, see how you're doing and how your work is also progressing because we'll be looking forward to that next series coming out and trying to see if we got those four characters correct. Yeah. <laughs> I do have another book coming out. I think it's coming out next month. Through um, Guidepost Fiction. I've done two books with Guidepost Fiction so far, and my next one comes out soon, and it is about the mother of King David. So that was really fun. Oh, that does sound interesting. So something to tie us over between between yeah. the branches and your next one. Exactly. Fabulous. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, the time has just flown by. I can't believe we're at the end of our chat already, but do you have any last words for the listeners? I am just so grateful for every single reader that spends their precious time picking up one of my books. So grateful for all the lovely messages and encouragement that I receive, and I just couldn't do what I do without you. So I hope you enjoy the Covenant House series and what's to come. We will be looking forward to it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, Connie Lynn, for joining us. We sure have appreciated it and have really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much, Liz. It's been great to be here. Oh, my goodness. I was watching the timer on my recording as I was recording that interview with Connie Lynn, and I 
just saw this time ticking away and ticking away. And I couldn't believe it when I got to the time that I like to stop at. We were having such a beautiful chat and I could have kept going on and on with her because her writing is so amazing. If you have not picked up any of Connie Lynn's books, I highly encourage you to do so and to check them out. She's a terrific author. As I mentioned at the beginning of this show, she's award-winning, she's best-selling, so you know there has to be something about her books. And in particular, check out the Covenant House series and her new book, Between the Wild Branches. And we'll also be looking forward to that one that's coming out with guideposts in the next month or so. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you'd like to find out more about Connie Lynn, about her book, Between the Wild Branches, or if you'd like a link to connect you to Connie Lynn and her website so that you can sign up for her newsletter and keep in touch with her, or if you'd like a link to Between the Wild Branches so you can get that book for yourself, you can find all of that and more over on my website, which is liztolsma.com. It'll be right there for you. You can't miss the podcasting tab. And if you're early enough there before another podcast shows up, it'll be right there on the front page as well. Looking ahead to next week, I decided to keep the theme of biblical fiction going. We've had Connie Lynn on. We have Tessa Afshar coming up. We have Lynn Austin coming up. She's coming on to talk about a World War II book, but she has also written biblical fiction herself. And if you have been around the show for a while, you know that biblical fiction was never my very favorite genre to read, but I'll tell you, I started reading ladies like Tessa and Connie Lynn, Lynn Austin, all the others that are out there, Jill Eileen Smith that we've had on, and I have discovered the beauty and richness and loveliness and wonderfulness of biblical fiction and have really found myself enjoying it. And it's a genre that I do not shy away from anymore. So that's what this show really is all about, is about helping you to find new genres, new authors, new books to pick up and read. And along the way, I get to find some new favorites as well. So we're going to keep that conversation going. And that's why I'd especially love for you to join me over on social media, because I'm going to be asking you, what is it that you like about biblical fiction? What is it that draws you to biblical fiction? Maybe who some of your favorite biblical fiction authors are, and what keeps you reading in that genre? And maybe some time periods that you haven't seen covered, or stories you haven't seen covered that you'd like to see covered. So All those questions will be over there on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So make sure you check that out. Get your input in because I won't be able to put the podcast together if I don't have your input. So please go check that out and let me know. Tell me what you think so that I can have a show for next week for you. I thank you as always for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast, for all of your support and for sharing it with others. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much and we will see you next time.